Welcome to the Chick Monks Podcast, where we explore contemplative Christianity from a feminine perspective. I'm your host, Heather Lawrence. Let's get to it. Hey, Chick Monks. Happy Advent. Merry Christmas. I have a homily to share with you today from the last Sunday of Advent, which was this Sunday, December 18th. Um, and it is based on the following reading from the book of Matthew. Now, the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she bore a son, and he named him Jesus. Last week, amongst all of the bustle of Christmas activities and festivities, I went to a Christmas pageant at a preschool to support my friend George, who is four years old and who was very, very proud to be playing the role of Joseph. Unfortunately, though, the pageant was scheduled right at George's bedtime. So during the birth of Jesus, Joseph stood by the manger sort of staring off into the distance with this glassy-eyed stare and rubbing his eyes occasionally. And the best part was that Mary was the starkest contrast there could have been. She was so stoked to be on the stage, waving to the audience and laughing and singing at the top of her lungs. And I watched them and I thought, yeah, yeah, I kind of love it. It might have been like that, you know? I bet Joseph was tired and I'm sure that their experiences of this baby's arrival were very different from one another. And we're pretty used to hearing Mary's story around Christmas time from the Gospel of Luke. But in Matthew's Gospel, we turn our attention to Joseph's story as we anticipate the coming Christ. So, just as a reminder, Mary, who is barely a teenager, comes to her fiance Joseph and says, I'm pregnant. And I'm carrying God's baby. And Joseph now has a big decision to make. He'd imagined what getting married would be like his whole life. He would find a nice girl from a good family. They would spend a year getting to know each other. And then they would be married. A ritual which, by the way, isn't complete until consummating the marriage, which we read in Matthew, was also not a part of their relationship. But Joseph's a good guy, right? He doesn't want to make a fuss. In his society, men were allowed to divorce their wives for any reason at all. And 
since Joseph and Mary aren't married yet, he could do it quietly. In fact, if they do marry, it's actually within Joseph's legal rights to have Mary stoned to death if he can prove that she wasn't a virgin. This process is outlined in Deuteronomy chapter 22, in case you feel like doing your own research. But Joseph's a good guy, at least by patriarchy's standards. He wasn't going to have her killed or anything, but he did still plan to leave Mary alone with a baby until an angel told him not to. But this wasn't what he planned. This isn't how it was supposed to go. Why couldn't things just be normal? Can't you just imagine his internal dialogue? I'm supposed to marry a virgin, then start a family, not start off with a cheating wife and some kid who isn't even mine. If this marriage is starting off like this, how could I possibly live the life I'd always imagined for myself? One unexpected pregnancy, and Joseph's dreams are interrupted. Quite literally, actually, a messenger from God interrupts Jesus in his dreams one night. And look what the angel says. Do not be afraid to marry Mary. It isn't what you expected, but do not be afraid. Isn't this what we need to hear in every change, every transition? It isn't what you expected, but do not be afraid. Underneath every disappointment, every disruption, that small voice saying, do not be afraid. Something new is being born into the world, and no, you didn't ask for it, and yes, it's going to cost you your plans, your time, your money, your affection, your comfort, but this new thing, it could change everything if you let it. But I don't want to change. I like things the way they are. Can't you just hear Joseph making his decision to leave Mary on her own? I just want to keep my life the way it is. Thank you. Change sounds like a lot of work, and I would really rather stick to the path that I'm on. You know this feeling, right? In transitions, we have a tendency to want to double down and dig our heels in. We resist. We want to make it easier for ourselves. For Joseph, the temptation was to remove this obstacle from his path and get back to his regularly scheduled programming. The path that he was on may have led to a simple, quiet, honorable life. He seems like the kind of person who would want that peaceful existence. And he probably had a plan to live it. But Joseph's path, if he had followed it, would have led him to pass right by Mary and Jesus. The next chapter of Matthew is full of all the trouble he would have missed out on if he stuck with his own path. He wouldn't have had to flee to Egypt or relocate to Nazareth or worry about keeping his wife and baby safe from a jealous king. I can also only imagine the struggle he endured co-parenting a child as powerful as Jesus. But Joseph said yes to a new path, to God's path. For two chapters at the beginning of Matthew's gospel, we hear how Joseph accepted the shockwave of the coming Christ into his life. Jesus changed the direction of Joseph's life, shattering his ideas of what it was supposed to be like. And isn't this what love does? This baby changed what he thought was important, how he loved, 
what he was willing to die for. And then Joseph disappears from the story. But maybe from all this chaos, he's been transformed. You see, if Joseph had said no, if he'd followed through on his plans to quietly dismiss Mary and Jesus, they would have been okay. Joseph's unwillingness to participate wasn't going to foil God's plan. God has amazing and miraculous ways of providing. But Joseph would have missed out. He would have missed out on the chance to have his whole life flipped upside down by this unexpected love. He would have continued in his faith, but he would have missed out on the trust and intimacy he had with God from this chaos, from saying yes to marrying the wrong person, from a child outside of wedlock, from all the deviations to his plans. He would have missed out on so much life if he'd stuck to his path. But Joseph opened his life to God. He surrendered to the Holy Spirit's winds of change, and he received her chaos into his world. Receive the Christ, my friends, and receive and receive and receive some more, because our God has more love to give than you could ever hold. So open your lives wide. Receive the Holy Spirit's winds of change and let the story unfold from there because life with this love will never be what you expected. <laughs>